fact or myth. In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearly sitting host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. First time we've been live in uh, 2022. It's been a few months. Yep. yep. This is our big uh, Orioles prediction show. Yeah. This is our last episode before the season starts. It's about time. And then now it's like, <laughs> come on, if we went live during the off season, the chat would be filled with, are, you gonna get, are they going to get Correa? What are they going to do about pitching? Are they going to, are they really going to go in with a thirty million dollar payroll? And now we get to have those conversations, but actually games we get to talk about start next week. Yeah, and spoiler: all the stuff we hoped would happen this off season, none of it happened. No, nothing, so, nothing. Whatever. I don't so, think there's one thing that we hoped for this off season that happened, except for the CBA settled out, so we get baseball, and even that happened way too late. Yeah. Yeah. And you can bring in food to the stadium. That's, <laughs> That's a big one. I got yeah. it. I, I do like yeah. that one. But, again, we had that. We had that years ago. No, but we have a jam-packed show for you today because this is uh, all Orioles podcast here. I mean, we are an all Orioles podcast, but sometimes we stray away from it. But this is, I mean, we got stuff. We got to talk about opening day lineups, some bold predictions, the kind of final thoughts on spring training. <laughs> we, we got a trade throw in there. Yeah. We got a, 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 a contract signed in there. I know we had to have a little pre-show meeting to say, "Hey, let's keep the non-baseball stuff for another week." Yeah, which is too bad because we both have some fun stuff to talk about outside of baseball. Yeah, we got other weeks. We got baseball's a long season, <laughs> yes. especially if you're an Orioles fan. Yep, but it, but who cares? It starts in what five days? Friday. That's right. Hope Springs Eternal. We are tied for first place with the Devil Rays, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees. Go O's. Yeah. Any chance uh, that ever happens again? Starting Friday. That we're all tied? Is there, is there any point where we are in first place this season? Yes. I think John Means is going up against just, you know, just average mediocre pitcher for Tampa. 
Uh, yeah, we're going to win uh, <laughs> average open day. Average mediocre pitcher for Tampa. Isn't that what you say about all their pitchers and they just somehow always blow you away? Yeah, I know. They're, they're, I know they're is... average mediocre pitchers. I believe they're ranked to be have the top pitching staff in baseball this year. Yeah, well, I, yeah I don't know. Because always it's just like uh, – uh, and, and the, the open day pitcher for the Rays, by the way, is Shane McClanahan. But, like, always you're like – um, I feel like the Rays, you're right. There's a bunch of unnamed pitchers that all of a sudden by the season are some of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, you'd think all the other teams got so much better. You've got to think this is going to be a little bit of a down year for the Rays. But they're always, they seem to always be there, so probably not. But, yeah, I think we're going to win opening day in Tampa, and we'll be 1-0. And so for we'll be first place then. I hope so. I hope you're right. I mean, that would be great, uh, especially since I'll be there. I'd really like that. I think I've kind of just settled in my head that, like, I'm going to go enjoy the game, but they might not win, and it's okay. Yeah, no, no, but, I mean, we have a legit chance to win because you have John Means. The problem with this you're right. is we also have Dean Kramer and Zimmerman and Aiken, and so if we could figure out a way to make Means start every game, I think we'd have a chance to win most every game. The problem is... There's only one means, and we uh-huh. the guys. But so good thing, good as means. But he does mean business. Yeah. All right, where do you want to start, Josh? Do you want to start with open day predictions? Or should we, no. Well, well, let's stick we gotta, with the. Uh, we gotta talk the about the news. Part. Well, we gotta, gotta talk about the news because that's gonna affect our predictions. Yes, yes, yes. So talk trades. All right, yeah. So let's talk Mancini contract. Let's ease into it. All right, ease into it with the Mancini. Signs. He signed for this year. Avoids arbitration. Avoids right. that that uh, scary, you know, lock in a room. <laughs> right. Arbitration. The, yeah, the thing all the fans were freaking out about. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, that thing. And he signs a year, a contract for this year, and a mutual option for next year. Right. Um, which is good. It's good to avoid arbitration. Good. Good for Trey. Good for the <laughs> good. Good for the Orioles, as in uh, that one year option might be attractive to another team. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't understand what the one-year option means at all. When it's like a, a mutual, mutual option, a so mutual like mutual option, either one. Like, yeah, like it sounds like. What's the difference between just being a free agent and signing a mutual agreed-upon contract? Like a mutual option is like the same as just agreeing to sign a contract, right? Like I don't understand the, really the 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 difference or the advantage of having that. I guess there is one. I just don't know what it is. I never really understand. I guess it's, maybe it just works out the money for next year. If like yeah. this is what the money will be like if we want you and you want here. Yeah, and I think what it also does but, more than that is because you, why not just sign a one year deal and then reach a mutual agreement the next year? I think what it does. Well, is, that's the buyout. Yeah, that's what it does. The buyout because now you have an extra two hundred fifty thousand dollars. If that's the, I don't remember what the difference was. Maybe the difference was around two hundred fifty thousand. Well, here's the difference: you get a two hundred fifty thousand dollars buyout, right? Like that's, and you're gonna get it. So, um, yeah, there's the money to make it up. Yeah, it's, we don't have to pay you this year. We have to pay. We can pay it to you next year at the buyout because we're the Orioles and we're weird about money. <laughs> and we delay it, right? Because right. why spend it now? Um, so yeah, again, I still, yeah, there's nothing. They had to do something with Mancini, so this is what they did instead of arbitration. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he's going to necessarily be here for two years. It doesn't nope. mean he's necessarily not going to be traded. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. Correct. I think it's still the same. It doesn't really mean that. It means instead of arbitration, they agreed on a price tag. Yeah, which That's is all it means. 
Yep. But trading Tanner Scott and Cole Sulcer does mean something. Yeah. It means we don't have we don't have any pitching in our bullpen. It means um, good luck winning games this year. It's also reminding me, Josh, of, and I went back and looked. I didn't make this up. One of the first posts in the offseason was Rock Cabaco saying, we don't know a lot about the next Orioles team, but what we do know is Tyler Wells is going to be the closer. And Tyler Wells, of course, and I kind of scoffed at that at the beginning because Tyler right. Wells was always a career a career starting pitcher. Um, and so Tyler Wells is not in the bullpen. He's going to be moved, I think, to a starter or piggyback yes. or whatever. And so that's another so you're losing from the back end of your bullpen kind of three top arms, Salster, Scott, and Wells from the back end of your bullpen. Right. Which means it's going to make that – it means you can have those net nine-run lead. It's still going to make that second half awkward. That second half of a game always awkward. Yep. Yep. So. It's going to be – yeah, it's going to be um, – He's going to, uh, Manager Hyde is going to have his options. Uh, and so I'm sure we'll see a lot of different closures, a lot of different sub guys, a lot of yep. different. He's going to use a lot of pieces until something kind of yeah. figures it out and, and works out. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting to watch. Josh, your thoughts on the trade? It's so it kind of split. Some people were saying that this is, like, this is outrageous. Why are we trading away our best bullpen arms? Other people were saying, you know, just trust the process. It's, where, 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 where do you fall down on this trade? I understand it. It's annoying now, but I but I'm also the same type of fan who kept the saying, like Tanner Scott's got all the stuff if he can just put it together, and we saw a blip of that in 2020, so it excited me. But we didn't see it last year at all. He didn't. He wasn't good last year, so I understand like bringing in these rookies that have potential, but they're really young. I mean, the one guy, kid's like 17 years old. Yeah. This Kevin Guerrero guy who. For the life of me, I thought Kevin Guerrero was already on our team, but that's Kelvin Guerrero's. Gutierrez. Gutierrez, yeah. So I thought it was the same guy, new to me. But um, So that confused me a little bit when the news came out. But I get it. He's looking to the future. He's looking past these guys. But Cole Saucer was our best bullpen arm. Cole Saucer was our chance of eating innings in the bullpen. And Tanner Scott... I like him. He always has potential. I the interesting thing will be to see if he blossoms outside of this organization, like we've seen so many other pitchers do. Like they leave Baltimore and they get it together. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Miami bullpen, and they now have Zach Pop, Richard Blyer, Tanner Scott, and Cole Salser. That's a yeah. that's a four more of those bullpen right there. Um, yeah, a couple my 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 couple thoughts on it was it does. I feel like this is a trade. And I think a big part of that trade, too, was, by the way, getting a comp B pick in the draft. Right. So, so you're only certain you can only trade the, comp, the, the, you know, the compensatory picks. Yeah. So this, I think, will come to be like pick number 70 or something in the draft. And, and, and it means we now have four picks in, like, the top 70. Yeah. And, and Mike Elias, you know, it seems uh, – the jury's still out. It seems, though, you look at a guy get, who, who got late, like Kobe Mayo, it seems like he's pretty good at the draft. He's pretty good at it. I think so. so we'll find out. More and what it also does, Josh, you know, the whole – it becomes complicated, but the money becomes a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you get money, a lot of it's each draft pick. Right. So you can go over slot or under slot. And so yep. this gives them more money in the draft pool. Plus, I believe it puts us under $30 million for the year. Now, <laughs> which is an added bonus because we cleared yeah. we cleared just over a million dollars getting rid of these two guys. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so so a couple thoughts is like it, it feels like this feels like a 2019 trade when you were getting all these young prospects to build out your international team um, and getting draft picks. Uh, but I would argue, like, I, on the one hand, I, I'm, I applaud people who complain about the trade because I think Michael Elias should deserve more slack for the general notion of this entire offseason of doing nothing. No, not more slack. So, he, he, he should be given more. Um, he should be uh, given more criticism. Yeah, totally. Um, for not doing anything. Totally. Yes. And so I, I'm all for criticizing Michael Elias for not making more moves. But this trade, I feel like not only does it make sense in a rebuild situation, like the Orioles are still in, but I think even if the Orioles were contending, it makes sense. Like I think this is one of the deals yeah. that the, always makes sense. You're trading a journeyman. I mean, we just picked up. Salsa. Salsa. It's not like we, we drafted him or right. traded for him. A couple years ago, we just picked him up because no one else wanted him. Yep. He's coming off his best year. so He's 32, so you trade him. And Tanner Scott, um, you can't talk about potential and prospect. I mean, dude's 27. Right. Uh, walk, walks the guy every inning. I joked now, in front of the show. We interviewed him, and I made the joke. I said, hey, Tanner, why don't you, like, pace the play here? walk the first guy in the inning and then just start pitching everybody else because you're going to walk a guy every inning. And so I was like, just get it over with. Right. And, and, that, and that was, what, five years ago or something. And now he's still doing it. And yep. so, yeah, Tanner Scott, he's, he's got the stuff that can put go at the back end of the bullpen, but he walks too many guys to put him in the back end of the bullpen. Yeah. I feel like Tanner Scott does not – like I think that's actually an addition by subtraction. Now, I hate to say it because he has a lot of stuff. But the location, you can't pitch in the majors if you're walking a guy every other inning. Right. Now the difference would be Tanner Scott. This is his first year of arbitration, so we had him till 24. So we had a few more years under him. And um, Cole Solcer, we had like another year because he doesn't hit arbitration until next year. So it's not like it's – you mentioned veteran guys. Solcer's not a veteran guy. He's still under team control. And it does really hurt you this year when everyone else in your bullpen is question marks. Yeah, but I would argue, even with that, Scott and Saucer, I don't know. I think Scott was making a little over a million dollars this year. I don't know what what Saucer was making. But, I mean, Scott was not coming back after this year. You're telling me he was going to get a rate. If he pitched, like, this year, how he pitched last year, he's going to get a million-dollar rate to come back next year. He's going to be cut anyway. Yeah. Um, And so I, I, I also think, like, that appeals to... Miami, who doesn't want to spend any money to have that team control and the salaries be relatively low. Yep. So that's part of why you're able to trade them is because they have those years left on their deal and their salaries are so low. And I think we uh, do have a bunch of pitchers in AAA <laughs> that we wonder if they're good enough. And here's some, oh. some spots where these guys can fill in in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, even in the majors. That's we don't know. A, yeah. I mean, we just picked up this offseason guys like Brian Baker. Who, um, uh, um, Michael Bauman looks like he has really good stuff. I want to see more of him. Felix Batista looks electric at times. Right. There are a bunch of. I mean, we talk a lot about starters, but there are a bunch of relievers on our forty man right now. Uh, who will? Be, I mean, we, I want to see more yeah. of Jorge Lopez in, in a you know and it, in a back in the bullpen. Yeah, situation. Lopez and Batista are big winners out of this. It makes room for them. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, Josh, is just part of just the logistics of it. Our forty man was full. Uh, yes, hot players. Yep. Like we still don't have another catcher on the forty man. We still only have one catcher. Last I checked, and so 
we're going to need to make 40-man room for another catcher. If they want to keep Chris Owens, that's another 40-man spot. And we were at 40, so this puts us back at 38. So we can add that catcher. And if we want to add someone like Chris Owens, we can add him. And just so logistically, someone was going to have to be DFA'd anyway. So you might as well get something back in return. And this, by the way, is what good teams do. This is what I think the Yankees fleeced us a couple years ago when we traded Zach Britton because they took a bunch of their 40-man bubble guys and just gave them to us because they didn't have room on their 40-man form anyway. But this is what good teams do. Like, you realize you're going to have to make cuts in your 40-man. Before you do that, you trade a couple pieces away. Right. And I think there's a really good chance that this week the Orioles sign some guys who who get cut off of the 40-man bubbles everywhere else. Right. And so, and this will make our decisions about if we can pick them up a little easier because we'll have a little bit more space on the 40-man that we didn't have two, two, two days ago before we made this trade. Right. So I think all around it just makes logical sense. It just, it's annoying because what I think it looks like from the outside is, oh, we're still four or five years away. But I don't see that at all. No, it's... I see us still being competitive next year. And I don't think losing Saucer or Scott is a big blow to us being competitive. No, I agree. I agree. And what it does is help hopefully set us up for further than five years, further than three years. Because part of being a team, a perennial team, like we're trying to rebuild, the whole point of a rebuild is to get the team that's not good this year, but good for 10 years. Which means you're going to have to always have these young guys in. Yeah, yeah. And that's the point I think Buster only always misses when he tweets and gets everybody mad. Is that the whole point of this rebuild is not that we can kind of be good for five years than tech, be good, and, five, but to build a sustaining, winning organization. And Buster understands that everywhere except for in Baltimore. Yes. He doesn't believe that Baltimore can do that because he is the same guy that wrote articles years ago about how Houston rebuilt the right way and all these other teams should emulate them. So that's what, and that's what we're doing. The Rockies for signing Chris Bryant when they're still reading the rebuild. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but but anyway, anyway, I, I always also want to side with Buster because I, the Orioles should be spending more money. They should. Um, so yep. the, I agree with him there. Yeah, um, but, but I also yeah, like so to see Oriole fans all upset at Buster Olney. Yeah, that's always everyone gets everyone unite against Buster Olney. Yeah, there's a few of those national reporters where all the Oriole fans want to hate on him. And it's like, well, he's not always wrong. Yeah, that and when Ken Rosenthal releases his uh, top prospects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and but, uh, but who's the guy who doesn't put the Orioles as their top uh, top farm system? Yeah, isn't that? Uh, no, no, who is that? That's, that's, that is that Ken Rosenthal? No. No, that's the, uh, the minor league guy. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I'll think of it later. Yeah, I'll think of it later. Um, but... I, but I, either way, Josh, there is, like, and I'm criticizing Michael Elias for having a quiet offseason. It yep. is. Like, we can step back also. On MLB Pipeline, the Orioles have the number one prospect, the number one um, farm, system. farm system in yes. baseball. That's super impressive. In a short amount of time, we went from having one of the worst um, farm systems in baseball to now the best farm system right. in baseball. And Michael Elias had very little chips to work with. And, not like he traded a bunch of guys to get an elite prospects. No, like, he built this kind of from the ground up the hard way. Yeah. Um, and, and we still haven't seen the fruits of the international market. So, like, right. props make a lot for all this work. True. And the that number one farm system, it doesn't, like, it's not like winning the offseason. Like, that number one farm system always leads to winning baseball. We have yeah, never seen anyone get a number yeah. one farm system and then not show up in, in the majors. 
Yeah, look at the number one farm systems three years ago, and then look at where they are now. It just there's a direct correlation, not necessarily the World Series, but being a winning team when you have a top farm system down the road. Yeah. there's that direct connection. So that's a culture, and yep. so. Um, but yeah, I mean that's where when we get to these predictions and we talk about the roster and lineup, I'll tell you, <laughs> part of me is fearful of setting a winning culture in a losing season. Like having a lot of young guys start in a losing season concerns me a little bit. Yeah, I because don't, I don't really buy that 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 much at all. I know, I know, I know you don't, and I know it's probably nothing. But I don't, especially for pitchers. I wonder how much that affects you and gets in your head. But I guess if you built the right culture, it doesn't affect your pitchers at all. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder too from like a guy like Adley Rutschman. Dude has won all the game. I mean. Dude, right, his entire left career. Left and right, um, from, I'm sure from elementary school, high school, college, all he's done is won. All of a sudden he has one, one he plays one year with a struggling team that's going to mess him up, and I, I don't see it. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, if that goes on for two, three, four years, then okay, fine. Uh, but a year of losing, I don't, I don't see it having a big impact. But you're right, like, I don't know, like, starting pitching, I was looking back at some old quotes from Mike Elias from yeah. last offseason. Just I wanted to burn him about how he said he was going to add more starting pitching with it, but didn't. <laughs> yeah, um, we definitely don't. Have, well, unless he might be adding it this week. Could, yeah. could be grabbing some free agents this week. Yeah, but he, here's his quote, by the way, from last offseason. Quote, but we need to get more talented in a lot of areas, and pitching is certainly at the top of the list. So we're going to be looking at external reinforcements mm-hmm. for sure. That's his yeah. quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, where are the reinforcements? How's that looking? Yeah, how, 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 how are the uh, external reinforcements co- coming along? Uh, right. Jordan I don't Lowe. know. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Lyles is not a reinforcement. But, but he also said, Josh, in that same quote, yeah. he said um, um, that in our um, – he said, but a lot of these guys on the 40-man roster – here's his quote. A lot of these guys on the 40-man roster, even though a lot of them had a rough stretch in the middle of the summer – and I think we've seen encouraging finishes for some of these guys in September, whether it's in the minors or the majors. This group, by and large, is still part of the future plans. There's a lot of talent here, and it's not surprising guys struggle pitching in the American League East. And that list of guys who are on the 40-man, but he still holds out hope that can contribute to, to this team are guys like Bruce Zimmerman, Zach Lothar, Dean Kramer, Alex Wells. Yeah. That's the list of guys who are young pitchers who we thought might take the next step last year, but they all stuck. Right. And so we're going back to the well, going back to the well this year, and you'll see a lot of those same guys get another shot um, at starting, and hopefully it goes better this year than it did last year. Certainly can't get much worse. Right. So, um, yeah. Is it we'll t- talk about some spring training winners and losers. Do you want to do that, or do you want to get straight into our predictions? Do you, you have some winners and losers? Let's hear your winners and losers. Real quick. All right, let's go. We talked last week about how there's no intriguing storylines, um, and that's true. It's boring, but but I think there's some clear winners and losers that I want to go through real quick with spring All training. All right, the fans. Stock either shot up or shot down because of spring training. Okay. All right, we're not counting Oriole fans? What do you mean? Well, Oriole fans, stock shot down. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just talking um, about the actual players. Masson, Masson stock shot down. It's not how you treat your fans. Michael Elias stock? Michael Elias stock. Mm, uh, we had to pause that one so no one could trade with that during spring training. Just needed to keep everyone off of it. It was too volatile. 
know. So here's who I think has had some down, has hurt their stock. DJ Stewart. The fact that we talked about all the time, this is the last chance. I don't know. He hasn't been on the field. Um, yeah, but but when he was on the field, he played well. Yeah, but got it, another I hit mean, today. Yeah, first but came back. You're a, when you're a bubble guy, and you got to prove your worth. Yeah, you, you got to be on the field. Yeah, no, I no, I don't have him making the roster. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I think as far as hurt their stock, all almost all the pitchers. Kramer hasn't been good. When you know you're bad. Dean Kramer, you know you're bad when after his last start, they start talking about, well, he started talking about, oh, my stuff felt really good. Oh, yeah, you gave right. up a bunch of homers, but my stuff felt really I good. Haven't, right. Haven't, that, that's where he should have came out and said, oh, I was working on something. Yeah, but this is not like a 10-year veteran. Dude, you got to make the team. You can't be out there working on stuff and just feeling good. Yeah. Um, so Zimmerman's been bad. Kramer's been bad. Zimmerman's been bad. Aiken's been back, bad. Lowther's been bad. We have all these open spots in the rotation, I got, and, like, nobody wants them. I got one bad. guy. I got one. Well, one guy's been good. Who? Tyler Wells. Yeah. Tyler Wells is the only person to me who stepped up to show he, can, he wants a chance at that rotation. Okay. Well, I got another guy. All right. Technically, I've got another guy, too. But I, saved, I was saving it for my bold prediction. Okay. He's only pitched four innings. But the other guy whose stock I think went up was Cobb Radish. I think he looked pretty good while. Okay. Was. All right. I'll and tell you. Spread. My my yeah. other guy was Michael Bowman. Okay. I thought he yeah, looked pretty good this guy. spring too. Yeah. I mean his stats don't look that good, but I mean I just said you, you know you can't just say right. stuff looks good exactly it's bad. <laughs> but his but stuff like, looked but, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean he's throwing. He was hitting ninety six, right. ninety seven. Like his, his stuff was up from last year. Um, but he's a guy who. I mean, this is good news with Salster and Scott out is good news yes. for Bauman. Yes. Um, other guy whose stock went up, he's only I, you've never seen a guy's stock go up so high when he only pitched in one inning. Who? D D D D L Hall threw one inning. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he threw fire. Twitter and everybody's super pumped about him now. Yeah. Through, from one inning. Yeah. Every, one inning, they sent him down. He's not even on a, a spring. Uh, a, no, both these guys, Bradish and Hall, aren't even on rosters. Yep. Now it's Grayson. Who? When does DL come up? Yeah. But Hall and Bradish are both being hidden somewhere in Sarasota. Yeah. In a bunker or something. The other guy whose stock I think went up, and we'll end with this one, is he didn't make the team, but using Diaz, I think his stock went up. Just in his, in his, when he got an opportunity, he played really well. And now all of a sudden, we all kind of forgot about him or gave up on him. People were going to start watching me. I've still given up on him, just for the record. This little <laughs> little performance in Sarasota isn't going to get me there. Okay. You think it's a little Jake Fox, Jake Fox action here? I'm not even giving him Jake Fox credit. He was not there long enough in a shortened yeah. spring training to begin with. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's fair. I'm, I, I, once again, I was ready to ignore him. I'll be honest. I'm now... All of a sudden, I'll be paying pay, paying attention. I assume he's starting at Norfolk. No, I'll be I think. Paying attention. Oh, for Diaz. Uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he, he's Norfolk. I, for yeah. the 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 pitchers you were mentioning, I think them and Adley are sticking around for extended spring training. Yeah, and that's where you're keeping the guys who you might want to see this year. Right, and, or you're concerned about the innings, so you don't yeah. want them getting innings yet. Right, but and you want to control. Them. And Hall are on super innings watch, and mm-hmm. you don't want to get their innings up. Yeah, you don't want to. Why waste innings in the minors? <laughs> you want those innings in Baltimore. Yep, it's the same reason why. I mean, I think Grayson Rodriguez is starting. What is he? He's starting at Norfolk, right? Yes, he's, not, he's in Norfolk. Yeah, he's not 
pitching opening day. Because again, good. Let him be the closer. You want to minimize his starts. Right. Let him. Let him be the closer. Yeah, because you want to save those starts for July and August. Yep. Um, all right. Yeah. No. No. That's it. So. So now we can get to. You want to start with lineup or bold predictions? Uh. Well, I, I feel like the, even the lineup Record. is part. Of, isn't all of this part of our bold predictions? All right. Let's start bold predictions. Time now for bold predictions. All right, let's start yeah, with... We need to uh, talk about this ahead of time. How many, how many bull predictions do you have? Uh, I just scribbled some stuff down. Let's see. Me too, me too, me too. I don't know, five or six things. Okay, me too. I, five or six. I, I find this team to be really hard to make bold predictions about. Everything about predicting this team I found really difficult. I wrote down a number. I wrote down my... We're going to start... I think we should start with our... Do you want to do season predictions to start or at the end? Win-loss total. Win-loss total. Okay, you just played the music for bold predictions. Is your win-loss total a, in fact, bold prediction, too? Well, no, it's a prediction. Okay. I I told you, this whole team is really hard to predict anything. Because I wrote down, like, a season win-loss total. And then I wrote down, like, what I think the lineup's going to be, what I think this is going to be. And then I had to go back and scribble and change my number. So let's start with bold predictions. Then we can talk about our, our roster setup. Yeah. And then we can get to what we think win-loss record is for the season. Because also, all this other stuff plays into pre-show. that number. I didn't mention this pre-show, but I also want to do our predictions of Adley Rutschman, D.L. Hall, Grace Rodriguez. I have dates for when I think each of them will appear. All right. Well, my well then let's just start with my first bold prediction is that D.L. Hall, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, and Adley Rutschman are all on this team in June. Uh, okay. I wrote June 15th as my note. All three of them by June 15th. Okay. Now, did you, now, did you want me to pick dates for each guy? You wanted me to share my dates for each guy? Oh, no, you, you go first. Uh, I mean, I actually thought about it. I looked at Dora's calendar, and I, I have it worked out. Well, I – hold on. All right, who, so who, – who, Out of that group, Josh, D.L. Hall, Grace Rodriguez – um, Adley Rutschman, who who was the first guy to make the the debut? I think it's um, I think it's DL Hall. Who do you have as first? I think too many people are leaning on 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 uh, Rutschman being first. I think the injury pushes him back. So, and I think you need a big weekend series to get him in as well because yeah. he's a money maker. So I have D.L. Hall as my first guy. Okay. I mean, I, I have, I have, I actually have Rushman as my first guy, and then Hall. All right. Or, yes. All right. Well, let's start with uh, Rushman. When do you have Rushman starting? I, I think not majors, Josh. But you're right. I think the minors people are, are poo pooing it. But I don't see him making his debut in the minors for another couple of weeks. Adley Rushman. So, yeah. No, I, I agree. Like April twentieth. Or that week when he makes the debut in the minors, right? But when's so, his debut in the majors? We're, we're not we're not a minor league podcast. We're we're talking Oriole predictions. Yeah, Josh. How about this? How about this though? He's gonna make his debut on May sixth, which I think is a Friday. <laughs> That's a Friday against a, a home game against the other top prospect in baseball. All right. Prospect versus prospect battle, Kansas City Royals. Adley Rutschman versus Bobby Witt. Two top prospects enter. Only one top prospect leaves. All right, I like it. I like it. Um, 
You're, you're also thinking of a good angle of it's Kansas City, it's spring, we need to sell tickets. Home game. Let's get everyone out there. Yeah. I went slightly different. I went with uh, May 16th, two, uh, like a week and a half later. It's yeah, a yeah. Monday night game. It is the New York Yankees in town. So it's a big Yankee fans will be there. I think this is a chance to bring the Oriole fans back out, and we have a packed yard. Hopefully more Oriole fans than Yankee fans for Adley's debut. And you have six straight games at home. So you've got a nice home stretch. Or seven, I miscounted. Seven games on the, at home before you go up to New York. So it's a great time to get them home, get some home cooking for a week of baseball. Yeah, that, that's funny. But I looked at that and I actually thought about that. But my reason was, is you just said it earlier, hopefully there would be more Orioles and Yankee fans. I don't know if I want Adley's open. Like, I want as many Oriole fans as possible. So I tried to pick a date where there'd be less, you know, less opposing fans in the stands. Um, that makes me a little nervous to have an Adley Rushman debut and have some people booing him. That would make me nervous. I hear you, but my thought was let's fill up the stadium completely. And in order to do that, you're going to need some on both sides. Okay. But I hear you. Uh, I don't like, I'll tell you, I don't like your prediction of the six. Because you immediately go on the road after that homestand. So you get three days of Adley. All right. And you want to sell some tickets. All right. Three days of Adley's plenty. All right. You're telling me on day four of Adley, they're still going to be selling tickets just as the Adley. You can come see them in the next week when they play the Yankees. All right. And, and the Royals, you need to sell more tickets to the, a Royals game than, than a Yankees game. All right. Um, Let's go to D.L. Hall. Yeah. Because I think we see D.L. Hall early. I have May okay. 1st as D.L. Hall. Okay. I think we bring that him up. Cool. And I think it's – I don't think he starts – I think we bring him up in the pen because we have no one else in our pen that's going to be compatible. We've got him in this extended spring now. Why waste him in, in AAA? Bring him straight up to the majors and let's see what he can do against Boston on May 1st. Yeah, I, I have him making his debut two weeks after Adley on May 20th, so, but still in the month of May. And, and yeah, I think there's zero chance he's a starter. I think just because the innings right. issue this yeah, year, exactly. he's going to be a, a reliever. I, I kind of think they might use him like a Tyler Wells last year, right, where at the beginning they're kind of feeling him out. How can we use this Rule 5 guy? Um, I think they might use him like that in the bullpen. Um, kind of feel him out a little bit, not put him in too high leverage situations at first, um, and let him build up some innings in the bullpen, and then maybe do what they're doing with Tyler Wells this year, where they're doing some kind of piggyback arrangement. Maybe do that next year with Dale Hall, assuming, and this is a big assumption, that Hall can stay healthy throughout the entire season. Um, lastly, Josh, when do you have Grayson Rodriguez making his appearance? Now, Grayson Rodriguez, I have making his first appearance as a starter, which I assume you do too. And I yeah. think he will get that start for the Orioles on Saturday, June 4th. It's against the yeah. Cleveland Indians. Okay, we're really, we're really close on this one. Um, I'm going with, you, you went the 4th. I'm going on the 3rd, th- June 3rd. Grayson Riggs making his appearance. All right. that, that, that'll mean, so I just did this little thing where every two weeks, every other Friday, the Orioles are bringing up a top prospect. <laughs> You're just starting a new promotion for the, for the Orioles. Every uh, new guy Friday. Day. Every other Friday is New Guy Friday. New Guy Friday. And then, and then on the 17th, two weeks later, we're bringing up Gunnar Henderson. No, I, no, I don't think we're bringing him up yet. But, 
But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, Josh, that's, I think we're bullish. Like, definitely. June 3rd for a really young pitcher in Grayson Rodriguez, I think it's pretty bullish. But, but I mean, I don't, if he dominates the AAA, he dominated last year. What else do you need to do? And that's, that's how um, I feel. And it's like, when you're not, when you don't care about winning and losing and you just keep talking about you want these guys to have experience, why not give them experience at the major league level? When they're right yeah, there, hear, when they're right on the edge. I don't, I don't want to hear, hear any nonsense like they're in the minors to build up their innings as if you can't build up your innings in the majors. Like There's a different innings that happens in the majors where you there, can't build up innings in the majors. There is on good teams. On good teams, you build up your innings in the minors so it doesn't damage your major league team. You know, you build up your innings so that you can make screw up, screw stuff up, and the team doesn't lose. Nobody cares about winning or losing this season. Bring them to the majors. And more than that, Josh, even if you limit Grace Rodriguez, like you did last year, to just pitching five innings, five innings of Grace Rodriguez is equivalent. I mean, Aiken. You think Aiken's going more than five innings to start? Aiken's not going five innings to start. No. But the problem, difference is, Aiken's going to give up five runs in those five innings. And Rodriguez will give up two runs. Like I, Rodriguez, even limited, is better than yes. what you have. Yeah. And I, so not only will it not hurt the team, the team will be better for Grace Rodriguez being here. And I think because of that piggybacking, we may see DL Hall get a start or two in late July, August. Yeah. But, I'm but curious to see. one I mean, of those short. has not been able to pitch many innings. Right. And so I'm curious to see how they use Hall um, and Rodriguez. Rodriguez pitched almost every start last year. Throwing five innings. I'm curious to see if they kind of let them. I know they won't let let them loose, but if they will kind of let let them throw deeper in the games, right. and if he's able to pitch all season long. Yeah. Hopefully. While uh, while we're on New Gay Friday, <laughs> New Gay. While we're on New Guy Friday. New Gay. New Guy Friday. <laughs> new yeah. Guy Friday. I, I did too. New Guy yeah, Friday. New Guy Friday. Um, could I come bring us back to bold predictions? Yeah, yeah, please. Time now for bold predictions. You mentioned my guy, Gunnar Henderson. I think Gunnar Henderson has an outstanding time at Triple uh, A, and forces the Orioles to bring him up by September. I think September call-ups, they want to see him up here and see what he's doing. Right. Let he him see some major league pitching. He's starting in Bowie. He he's, finished in Bowie last year. Though. I know, but he's, he's going to be in Bowie about three weeks. Yeah, he's gonna be a quick, quick move up. I mean, he's also he's twenty years he's twenty years old. He's a young guy, and I think yeah. he's gonna. I think we're gonna see him make his major league debut this year, though late in the season. I think that'd be awesome. That that, that certainly is a bold prediction. Um, all right. Share with me one of your bold predictions. All right, I'll stay related to. We talked about all these guys being up by June, and then I went ahead and looked at the schedule in June. Here's my bold prediction: the Orioles will go. The Orioles are not gonna have a great season. But the Orioles are going to go 19 and 8 in June. <laughs> they're going to get Adley Rutschman up here. They're going to get DL Hall up here. They're going to get Grace Marigas. This is when they're going to be hit on all cylinders. This is going to be right. the best month of the year. It's also, if you just look at it, it's, it's not their, it's the easiest month of the year. We got the Mariners, the Guardians, the Nationals. Right. We have a rough the Mariners again. You got a rough week with Royal. Toronto and Tampa. Yeah, but yeah. But this is the least amount of AL East yes. teams we play yes. all years in June. So if we're going to make a move in the standings, June will be the month. So 19 and 8 in June is my bold. <laughs> You're correct. 19 and 8 in June. I like it. I like that one. Um, let's see. Uh, right after that 19 and 8 series, or around that same time as your 19 and 8, uh, Trey Mancini will be traded by July 4th. 
Okay. That's my prediction. By July 4th. By July That's 4th. Well before the trade deadline. Three weeks before the trade deadline. Well, no. Right. There'll be no need to, if he's playing that well and we're winning 18 games or whatever, 19 games, whatever you just said, that's yeah. when we'll let him go. July okay. 4th, no need to wait him out. All right. Here's my bull prediction. Um, Trey Mancini. I got Trey Mancini bull prediction. Okay. He will lead the Orioles in home runs, not be traded, and be named the Orioles MVO. <laughs> I think this is. I think people are sleeping on how good Trey Mancini is. I think he's going to be. He's, he's healthy. I think he's going to be. A, a, he had a normal off season. I think he's going to be a, a, a bounce back in a big year for Trey Mancini. All right. Well, while we're talking about MVO, I think Mullins repeats, and Mullins okay. has another great season. I think everyone's making a big deal about. Um, this offseason, we never even talked about it on here, how Mullins came out and about, uh, what was his health? What's, yes. Uh, yeah, too. He had like a colon thing. Or, uh, he is, being, being the thing he is, he kept quiet because right. of Trey Mancini. Yeah, and, and everyone was making a big deal about him being quiet because of Trey. But I looked at it and I thought, actually, besides the switching and only Crohn's batting on disease. one side, Crohn's disease, that's it. Yeah. What I know about Crohn's disease is you have to be very careful about what you eat. So I think something that people aren't talking about about Cedric Mullins last year is my guess is that in order to fight Crohn's disease, he had to adjust his diet and change his diet. And I bet he's eating a lot healthier. And I think that also is what helped him out on the field. And that's also going to lead into next, this season as well. Mm. Where we always There's said, Crohn's. well, it's just because he doesn't bat from one side of the plate. I think yeah. maybe Crohn's disease Crohn's taught him a lot. the key to his success. Well, I think it taught him a lot about how to manage his body. Mm. All right. Um, speaking of managing your body, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to make a prediction about the number of bodies in Camden Yards. Okay. I think for the first time, Josh, since 2014, our attendance numbers will go up compared to last year. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. No, that makes total sense. COVID's gone. Yep. Right? That doesn't, that's not around anymore. And you've yeah. got – this is kind of like the statue season where you had these big events to bring everyone out. We've got yeah. New Guy Friday. This is going to be packed, some packed stadiums. Yeah, this is – and that's not that bold because with limited – like we were down to like 700,000. It was our lowest um, because of the – probably because of COVID and stuff, right? But I, I, not that, I mean, honestly, not that we were filling up the stadium pre-COVID, right? I think we could still hit our COVID safety numbers yes. while also selling all the tickets we wanted to. Now, um, I will say. I, I think we're going to. Okay. Cause, to, well, real quick, my bold prediction is, yeah. Josh, three sellouts this year. Three? Opening day. Uh, which 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 has not sold out yet. There are still tickets will, available for opening day now. A week it went out. Either either uh, it will sell out or it'll be said to be a sell a sellout. <laughs> okay. It will be it will be a sell a claimed sellout. And then I think Adley Rutschman will be a sellout and Grace Marigas will be a sellout. Bold predictions. Okay, that's some bold predictions. I think. I don't know. I don't know. I think it takes getting the average fan excited for a sellout, and I don't think the average fan is hooked up as much to know beyond Adley Rushman. You think we can get how many? How many fans we get for Adley Rushman? Thirty, forty. Well, we have less fans now too. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. We we went down like a thousand seats. So I don't know what our sellout used to be. No, it used yeah. to be forty-two or something. Yeah. So now it's like 40, 39, 40. 
I don't know. All right. All right, I can I, I got you. I got that bold prediction. Got you. Um let's see. I'm glad you got it. I'm going to uh, you have another one. Yeah, yeah, I got some notes here. Okay. Uh Tyler Wells and Michael Bowman are both in this starting rotation coming out of camp. Oh, this is a, a, a soon one. This is Michael a Michael Bauman too. Michael Bauman too. This is a bold prediction for Friday. This is one I'm going to check yeah. this box off this week. Yeah, it was interesting. Michael Bauman came debuted last year. Was using the bullpen, but he in the past he has been a starter. So right. Yeah. So all right. Um, um, do I have any? Oh yeah, here's my starter <laughs> prediction. This is another Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez will lead the team in strikeouts. Okay. All right. For the 2022 season. All right. I got that. Um, what prediction? Ryan Mountcastle. Haven't heard him come out of our mouth yet today. Nope. He's he, gonna. He was in a lot of bold predictions last year. I feel like he was, and he, I got one bold prediction from for him this year. He's gonna make the All Star team. Ooh, nice. That'd be I, I think I think when you look at the first basemen in the AL East this year, it's kind of a down year. No bit. Uh, no huge names sitting there at first base. That Matt Olson did switch over to the National League for the American League. And Freddie Freeman came over to the American League. No, he didn't. No, where is Freddie he? Freeman's with the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, he went to the Dodgers. Never mind. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I was looking, and I, no, no names stood out. I'm sure there's guys on there, but I think Ryan Mountcastle has a legit shot this year to make the All-Star team. So I, my bold prediction is Ryan Mountcastle makes the All-Star team. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think the... I, what, Vlad Guerrero still plays first, right? Isn't he probably a first baseman now, Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Yeah. Um, he's but the one that comes immediately. I guess but. so. You're right. I thought he was third baseman. Um, well, I think he came up as a third baseman, but I think he plays mostly first. I don't know. All right. That might um, be an issue. Speaking of uh, young, you, Josh, you think the wall, the love field wall hurts Ryan Mountcastle a lot? No, I don't think it does because he hits those line drive balls. I think he'll be I fine. Think he has more doubles this year. Yeah. I can see that. Maybe less home runs and more doubles. I don't know. I'll take it. I'm fine with more doubles. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go Tyler Nevins. I think this is a young player that people have not been talking a lot about. I'm going to predict that Tyler Nevins, who actually has a shot at making him the roster, I'm predicting that Tyler Nevins has 20-plus home runs this year. Tyler In Baltimore? Nevins. Yes, Tyler Nevins. I don't even have him making the team. Yeah, well, Josh, he's going to hit more than 20 home runs this year. Okay. So he's going right. to have to find a way to get on the team. Fine. Here's a guy Here's a guy that you don't probably don't have on your roster, on your list for your roster. Here's a bold prediction. Again, quick one for Friday. Uh, Mateo becomes an everyday player. Oh, yeah. I have him in my starting lineup. Okay. All right. Me too. My opening day lineup. Yeah, I like Mateo. I think Mateo had a good spring, and I think he uh, he continues on. All right, here's my last one. It's sticking with middle infielders. Uh, Ramon Urias, I think, becomes this year, according to war and those kind of statistical measurements, a top five shortstop in see, the American League. See, and this is why this is why I had so much trouble with predictions when it got when I and I had to go back and cross things out after I uh, after I made uh, my list, I just saw it popped up on Twitter. Confirmation from a close friend that Mateo's made the opening day roster. Okay. So I just don't understand the confirmation from a close friend. Okay. Sources say yeah. that sources say Mateo I, I, made it. I think it would be surprised if Mateo didn't make the opening day roster. Well, I, 
not really. There's some there's some infield issues like Chris Owens and Odor and stuff that yeah, I wonder more veteran Odor guys. Is he Odor? Oh, talk about stock who's going down in spring training. Odor, Odor went Odor. way down, way down. Yeah, I wonder if Odor makes the team. Yeah, um, hmm. yeah, I don't know what 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 hit got who knocked him down harder, Batista or the Orioles spring training. Yeah, yeah, I know. How how much can that Batista hit? How much goodwill can I give you? <laughs> it just ran out. <laughs> well, I mean, if he makes the roster, then we know it's a lot of goodwill. <laughs> right, right. All right. Um, <clears throat> uh, but those, I, I'm done with board prediction. All right. Well, let's start. Let's go to uh, rotation. You got you got your five man rotation. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, John Meese. I don't. Jordan Lyles. Yeah. We both yeah, have that. One two. Who's your yeah. number three? Zimmerman. I got Tyler Wells, number three. Okay. I yeah, I think he's the third best guy. Okay. Who's number four? I got Kramer. Zimmer I got Zimmerman as my number four. I had Kramer as four. No, oh, Kramer, all right. And then who do you have as your number five? Ty- Tyler Wells. Okay. And I've got Bauman. Okay. So really the difference is you're you're squeezing Kramer into there. And I'm pushing Kramer out. Yeah, but not because Kramer's good, just because no one else <laughs> No, I get it. I get it. But, um, I, like, I'm not excited about any of these. Um, no. The other two guys, I mean, Aiken's the other guy where um, I just hope he's, I don't know, I don't understand why Aiken's <laughs> still in the Orioles. I just don't understand that one. I, I don't think he, I mean, because they've got lots of slots in the pen, I don't see him in this rotation. He might make it. The, the other guy who I just hope gets there, I, I think he'll be here soon. And that's Cobb Bradish. And I hope Cobb Bradish replaces one of these guys. I hope it's like, well, give these guys a short lease, three or four starts, and then whoever's struggling the most, bring in Cobb Bradish to have him replace them. Well, and again, that goes back to what makes this year difficult is we just listed five guys, but we're hoping that there's three guys in the minors that by June will be here and part of this rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean this, does if you're going to tell me, does Cobb Bradish make 20 starts? Does Cobb Bradish make 10 starts? Does Grace Rodriguez make 15 starts? Right. Or does Grace Rodriguez make 5 starts? Like, right. all these are going to determine, right, the success of this team. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's just so many question marks. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's see. Who do you have in left field? Hayes? You want to open a lineup? All right. Let's go lineup. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Leading off, there's only one answer for, for leadoff. Yeah, Cedric Mullins. Yeah. We who both have that. Yeah, Baton second. I've got Hayes batting second, starting in left field. All right, I like I like Hayes got a little pop in the bat. I like him a little lower in my lineup, um, but I got Ramon Urias um, batting second. <laughs> All right, I've got Urias batting ninth, playing third base. Okay. Oh, we get an even different position. Yeah, right, fair enough. Um, that's Urias. I, I like him a lot, and that's he can play I, second, <laughs> third, short. He can play them all. I do too. I just don't trust him yet at the top of the lineup. Okay. But I like him, and I really like him over at third base. Okay. I like him at third base, too. I like him at third base over at second base or at shortstop. If we had Correa at shortstop, I like him a lot more at third base. <laughs> exactly. We don't have Correa at shortstop. No, so I like him at but we've got Gunnar Henderson to eventually come up. So if or you're Jordan looking at Westberg, Jordan Westberg. True, has that true. But if you're looking at where Urias could fit on the future of this team, I think third base is a more of a long-term position, so that's where I've got him there. What about so. Kobe Mayo? Kobe Mayo's way out there. Yeah. Um, Who do you have no, batting I third? Eyes, I think if everything works out perfectly, your eyes is your perfect utility man. Kind of, well, yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. Um, 
Batting third, we might have the same with this one. Mountcastle, first base. Oh, I got Trey Mancini. Okay. You want to switch this? I got Trey Mancini yeah. fourth at DH. Yeah, and I got Mountcastle fourth at first. And you so got Trey's DH? Trey's the DH, yeah. You want to have him out there at left field with that big old. <laughs> no, I told you, I got Hayes out there. Yeah. And that's who I have. Batting fifth, I got uh, Austin Hayes in right field. All right. My right fielder is also in. Uh... Wait, you have Hayes in right field? No, I'm sorry, left field. Left field. Okay, right, right. My right fielder is batting fifth, and that is Anthony Santander to start. But I think that's a big question of how long he becomes, he is the right fielder. Yep. He needs to prove uh, I himself. Agree. I have batting six, Santander at right field, but I agree. I think he starts in right field. None of my bold predictions involve Santander. I would not be surprised if he's traded, if he's cut, if he's whatever. Demoted, I, 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 anything. I Anything's possible with Santander because the reality is um, Kyle Stowers, using you know, Diaz, these mm-hmm. guys are kind of waiting waiting to get their opportunity. Um, so I'm curious to see how long the leash is for Santander. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, next so up. I have been batting six. Who do you have six? I got Mateo playing second base. Okay. <laughs> you don't have Mateo on your team, do you? No. I have Mateo batting ninth playing second base. Okay. All right. So we got this right position. Yep. All right. I have, Who's behind the plate? Or, or catcher's my next position. Who do you have next? I have third base, actually. Okay. Batting seventh, playing third base, Kevin Gutierrez. Okay. Gutierrez does not make my team. Okay. He's going to make the team. Not in, not in my world. Okay. Well, it's not your world. <laughs> um, che, che, cheers, Nos? Uh, see, I just his name. I get a one-star review for it. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have about an eighth playing catcher. I've got Nottingham. That's okay. the opening day catcher. Okay. And uh, batting seventh, or yeah, seventh. Um, I've got, I got Ricky Martin. I got Martin. Richie Martin. Richie Martin at short, batting eighth. And I, I, I don't know if I have a soft spot of Richie Martin, but his spring stats also look pretty good. Yeah, it's, it, that's another guy. So I think his stock's up. So I see Richie Martin at shortstop, which again speaks to the whole. We've got Chris Owens, Rogador, guys that pre-spring training you thought were filling these positions, and I think there's better op- options on this team with younger guys. Yeah, and it might be sentimental value alone, like the fact that we, I mean, Richie Martin's our guy. We were five him. Yep. You know, he's been here for a while. But I'd rather see him play than Odor or Owens. I, I agree. I agree. Who's your ninth? How, how do you flip? Mateo about in second base. I'm playing second base. I, I like those. I like Mateo at second base. I like it when they do when do the the speedster at the end of the lineup. Yeah, the, like the to flip it over. Guy, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I see that. All right. So for the most part. We've got some – the left field of our side, second base, third base, shortstop. We've got some positional differences. And uh, who did you have instead of Martin? I had Martin in there. Who did Gutierrez. you have? You have Gutierrez in. And that's really the only yeah. difference. The rest of our guys, we got the same guys in different orders. Yeah. So yeah. How, how about your bench guys? Oh, I didn't really work out my bench guys. I mean, I want – I didn't do the math here. I want Tyler Nevins in there. All right, I put I put uh, Rogador, Chris Owens. Yeah, I, I don't want Odor. I well, I put those two guys as guys that like you feel like you need to give them a little chance. But I don't yeah, see I mean, Odor. I'd love to just cut Odor. I don't think he. But I don't. I'd have to. I don't, I don't remember the whole con. 
but the problem with that is I don't see Odor coming and riding the bench. Like, he's only there to boost his trade value. Like, I feel like if Odor's on the team, he's making the open-day lineup. Yeah. He's playing almost every day. All right, then you're right. I mean, we could cut Mateo him. Mateo's riding the bench. Yeah, you're right. We could cut him. I've got uh, – in that case, I've got yes, – uh, I mean, I'd rather cut Odor. I felt like – I put him as my bench because I felt like they're going to give him some credit for his career. Yeah, but, I'd rather have Chris Owens as because Chris Owens, I feel like, can do more things, play more positions, and would be better with a utility role than Odor. Yeah, so and um, Owens, get rid of Odor. And I got Torino's on my bench as my backup catcher. Yeah, Torino's. Obviously. I don't know why. Yeah, he, he's my starter. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he's my starter. He just, no, he just randomly picked them. You don't have him starting opening lineup when he's the only guy on the forty man. Uh, Torino's is you 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 signed him just to to play to Adligates here. Because Nottingham's you have Nottingham's, Nottingham's, Nottingham's having a better spring. Right. And then uh, I got McKenna again on this bench as that fourth outfielder. I don't. Know, is it twenty six man, twenty seven man? Did they decide? Yeah, you have an extra man until the end of April. So it's twenty seven until April. Yeah. Which would probably be an extra pitching arm. Yeah, it'll be a pitching arm. So that's why I only went with four bench spots. And I did yeah, not I w- try to write down all our bullpen pitchers because I don't want to think about that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess I would replace if I was kind of my – so here, here, here's who you don't have. You don't have DJ Stewart making it. No, unless we cut Odor. Then DJ Stewart can come in there. Yeah. But I feel I mean, like coming off the injury, there's a better chance of giving him either extended spring to rehab or triple A. Yeah. I mean, I think I think DJ Stewart, if, if he doesn't start on injured list, I think someone will. They, I, heard, I heard Mateo's having some kind of uh, stomach issue. Um, I think it could be. <laughs> I, think you're making some, I think you're making something no, up. No, this is true. It's had a stomach issue. But uh, I, a I stomach think issue. Muscle, a muscle stomach issue. Uh, I was going to say, it's a little early to say he's got the flu. Yeah, no. Like, stomach like a, issues. A thing. I don't know about this. So, I mean, I think something like that's going to happen where maybe someone begins on the injured list. Um, I would like to see Tyler Nevins make it over Odor. And I would like to see Chris Owens. And then I kind of feel like I'm kind of down to Stewart or McKenna. Um and so I, I would guess I would want McKenna, but I, I kind of am intrigued still by Stewart for some dumb reason. So I want Stewart to make the team too, so someone can get a mysterious injury to let Stewart make the team. That would be great. Um, Josh, what do you have the Orioles' record being? All right, and so with you, nine hours me, ago. Like there's a range of possibilities. All right, nine hours ago, Mateo missed today's game because of soreness in the stomach area. Exactly He's getting tested. Hyde does not think it's an oblique. Okay. All right. All right. So that could hurt Mateo. Not the oblique. What are the other muscles in your stomach? Go. I don't. I. To be honest, I didn't know the. I didn't know the oblique was in your stomach. I think it's on the side, right? The side of the stomach. I have no idea. Thought that was in your like back or something. All right. Season predictions. My bookie has it at sixty-two and a half. So um, we're going to take some cash and, and, and bet alongside our predictions? No, I lost too much money last year. Yeah, I, I, I haven't decided yet. I have until Friday to put some money in and, and decide whether or not to do this bet. Um, 
because I don't know if I'll put money there because it's all up in the air because of these uh, new guy Fridays. So yeah, if you yeah, because you don't know when guys are making their debuts. Yeah. All right. Yep. So I I this I changed this number four or five times today. Final number I'm going with gonna lock it in. Seventy two wins. That's twenty more wins than last year. Seventy two wins. Ninety losses. Where are you at? <laughs> I, I'm not. It's it's also nine and a half more than my bookie says. Yeah. Which means I feel like I should go put some money on my bookie because I have a nine and a half thing to lean on. Yeah. I mean, I can't get past. All right. So last year, what was our record last year? 52, 52 and 110. There's, yeah. And, and so, and then you look at, well, how did our lineup and our rotation get better from this year to last year? Oh, we spent zero dollars on free agency? Oh, no. Right. We had a Jordan Lyles. All right. And we lost Matt Harvey. I know. Um, but at some point, Adley's coming up, Grayson's coming up, DL Hall is coming up at some point this year. Yeah, the only one of those guys who I think makes a huge difference this year, as far as record goes, would be Grayson because Rodriguez because just the, I just can't get past this pitching staff of Means, Lyle, Zimmerman, Kramer, even well, oh, I got it. Be on limited innings. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching staffs are concerned. Like, what happens? If someone gets hurt, and Zach Lothar has to come up. Oh, and every time someone says Wells as a starter, I immediately think of Alex uh, Wells. Alex Wells. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no, we're all, no, that's <laughs> no, we're all talking Tyler. Tyler Wells. Oh, yeah, we're okay. Um, no, so so I'm going to go 67 wins. So I'm still going above 62 and a half because I'm optimistic about Grayson and Adler. All right. But I'm going 67 wins. All right, well, yeah, okay. 67, 72, we're in the same boat, and that really comes down to these new guy call-ups. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I mean, it sounds dumb to say, but what 67 wins do, does, and 72 will do this to a much larger extent, but what 67 does is it keeps you from avoiding 100 losses, and it makes you feel like you're on the road. Yeah. And I think that's what Elias thinks, too. Like, if you look at his quotes from last offseason, I went back and read them all. He thinks last year was as bad as it gets. Right. And now we're on the road to getting better. We are still at the bottom of the AL East. Oh, yeah. But we're not the worst team in baseball. Agreed. And I think it also gives you extreme hope going into next year when you also have the balanced schedule coming into play next year. So yeah. I, I think all that gives you a lot of hope for 2023. And not for 2022. No. No. Right. I feel like maybe we need to make it a segment on this show each week. It's kind of reminding people, like, this is what to watch for in the Orioles this year, this week. Because it's not – we're not making the playoffs this year. No. But we're going to look for little impro- – we're going to look for improvement. We're going to look for hustle. And and <laughs> hustle. I don't mean hustle. hustle. I'm trying like a fight. I don't mean hustle. Yeah, I mean run out there for wins. I'm looking for Mateo to run hard to first base. Yeah, that's I don't mean point. hustle. I mean like gotten some games out with young guys, mm. and really looking to see like if Rushman, Rodriguez, and Hall come up. I assume they're all going to have some struggles this year. As, as big as they are, I don't expect them to be just, like, killing it immediately. Oh, I do. I know you do. I'm trying to I set do. my expectations low. I know. I, I expect Rodriguez to immediately become 
the best pitcher in our rotation. I expect Rodriguez to obviously become the best would, catcher, but one of the best offensive players on our team the second he arrives. And I would love that. And I expect our pitchers to get better when Rodriguez is catching. Mean, I mean, when at least catching, I think our pitchers will pitch better. And I think that having Rodriguez uh, is going to help our bullpen because it means he's going to go deeper in the games. And our bullpen not have to do this piggyback in on fifth day and all that. So bringing these guys up does help the team as a whole. Plus, we moved the left field wall back. That's good yeah, for a also, win or two. Jo- yep, yep. Also, Josh, uh, or a couple less home runs um, that we're giving up. Right. Also, do you think I feel a little bit of pressure? I feel a little bit of pressure that the Orioles need to prove to Mike Elias that we're close. So next offseason, we can go make some moves. If we lose another 110 games and none well, of these players kind of work out and Mountcastle takes a step back and Austin Hayes gets hurt and Hall gets hurt and we never get there, then all of a sudden Michael Elias is going to be saying, oh, oh, maybe we're still a couple years away. But if these players play well and we get to 70 wins or something I think it goes. Ballpark, I, I think it gives Michael Elias confidence to go out and sign oh, I think a this goes. free agent. I think this goes above Michael Elias. I think oh, if we to, I think if we don't win more than 52 games this year, ownership goes to Michael Elias and says, "What are you doing?" Oh, I think that's fair. I think it's totally fair. And yeah. I think you go to him and be like, "Look, I know I gave you no money, but show me anything where I have hope in this team for next year because you're coming at me again this offseason and saying you want Carlos Correa because yeah. he's now got that option out. So you're trying to bring him to Baltimore again. Show me something that I need to invest in this team next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I think if you start winning more games, you can make an argument. You can. Just two starters away or, you know, you need to away. And even if you don't win, you know, 100 games next year, if you sign a big-name free agent, then all of a sudden, you know. Keeps bringing hope. Yep. You and, you're on the path. And you need minor league guys to come up and, and show an impact and change in this major league team to show the Angelos family that all that money you spent on track men and on facilities and on new coaches was worth every penny because look how it's improved this team. They really need to prove things internally, even if it doesn't mean winning or not landing in last place. Yeah, I mean, prospects are prospects, but... You, you can't win World Series with prospects. you got to win World Series with good players. And you're right, Josh. As of now, none of the prospects have really had the chance to but have performed at the major level. This is going to be the first year where a lot of these top prospects under the last regime, yeah. I mean, his first draft pick, Adley, is going to have a chance to perform at, at the major level. And, and, yeah, I think there's pressure to, to perform well. I totally agree. Even in even in, in what it will ultimately be a losing, right? It's a losing season, but it's not about wins and losses this year. It's way bigger than that. Yeah, it's a big year. It's a big year for the Orioles. No, we lose fifty. We win only fifty games this year. Then all that defense of Michael Elias is gone. It, it, that that would be devastating. It would it would be more games than there last is no year, rebuild. Devastating. Yeah, yeah. The rebuild's over. It didn't work. Start over again. Well. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be devastating to Lies' argument. All right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the, I don't know what he would do then. I don't know what he would do. Then. I I don't know how you move on with Michael Elias if they lose if they lose fifty games or win fifty games. I don't know how you don't knock Elias out and put someone else in there. 
Well, who then a bit extreme. In his defense, you're spending $30 million. How much do you expect to win with $30 million, Ross? I get it. I get that. But, but Mike Elias is saying that you don't need to spend a whole lot. I mean, how many guys in this, in this 40-man are Elias guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot of the guys no, no, but that are Elias guys are still coming. Right. But we're talking about three of them coming this year. Yeah. So you, if they have bad years, you just said they, they're not, they might not light the world on fire in their first year. So what do you think? You think, um, you think Elias just keeps all his guys down until next year and says, hey, look, all my guys are coming up next year. So I mean, give me the me, money. Right. Give me the money. And, and we're going to just write down on the notes here that you can start judging me in 2023. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of amazing, right? Like, when you think in sports. It's quite the leash. Almost, yeah. Managers, GMs almost have no leash at all, right? right. Like, people want to win, and they want to win now. And so there's very few incentives to, like, worry about trading for a 17-year-old, right? There's very few incentives to worry about five, six years from now. People want to win now. Um, but Michael Elias, with his hope from the start, was given a tremendously long leash. And, and he, he told him. He, he, he informed management, I think, that this is going to be a really, really long process. Right. And but, it's going to be hard and it's going to be rough, so strap in. But he also had to give them something, which is where he probably told them, but you're going to save money. We're going to cut the roster back. Yep. We're going to have seasons where we don't spend money and you just make money. Yep. And then we'll start winning again. So, yep. and then so we'll the, add money again. So it's not, it's not fair to say that the Angelos tied Michael Elias' hands this year by only allowing him to spend $30 million. This is part of Elias' plan. This is what he does. Oh, yeah. I don't think Elias is out there campaigning. No, for more Nelson money? Cruz. No. You could, uh, no. You could have told him he had a $100 million budget, and it probably would have looked pretty similar to what it looks now. I, I think so. I think you're right. I don't think this was a money issue. I think he would have preferred to sign another starting pitcher. I think I think he would have preferred to sign another starting pitcher. I just don't think he could have. He found the right deal. Yeah, I don't. Um, I agree. But, but anyway, here we are. All right. Any other predictions, Josh? Any other? No, I'm I'm good. All my I got all my notes covered. I'm excited. Baseball's here. I'm going to Tampa this weekend. Yeah, we're going to be have the opening days covered. You have the away opening day and the. Real open, right? So then we'll go live again next Monday, day. and we'll be able to break it all down. I mean, next time you and I talk on here, it's like real four baseball games have taken place. Yep, and the minor league season has started too. At that point, yeah, that starts on Friday. Yep, yep. We'll have plenty to talk about. Can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, can you believe all this right, is guys, our? Can, can you believe this yeah, is our tenth right. season? Ten years. Well, this is the start of our tenth year. Yeah, we've done. We've covered the Orioles for nine years. So this is our 10th okay, season, 10th yeah, time season. making some predictions for this year. Yeah, yeah. And we get better at our vote prediction every single year. It's good for us. Oh, yeah. Mine are all going to hit this year, I'm sure. Yeah. You can follow all of this talk, by the way, on our uh, social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. For all our Oriole Hot Takes. And Josh, you can, um, Birdland Radio is coming back too, right? I believe so. I need to get a few more hosts. But Birdland okay. tonight should be coming back with, uh, with some po- to, with to some post game shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out on that. But uh, but yeah, more importantly, make sure you're going and rating, liking, reviewing this show, and getting word out there that now's the time to hop on the Birds ba- bandwagon. Join Birdland now. That's Get right. to know all these young guys now. 
So that way, when we're winning the World Series the next couple of years, you're not a bandwagon fan. That's right. We got your Orioles talk covered each and every Monday throughout the season. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can also follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.